have a secret. Yeah, I got a secret too. <laughs> Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And that wasn't planned. <laughs> but, well, oh, like, like usual? They no, no, they're, they're never, never planned, but you really got me on that one. That was that was so creepy. I mean, I, uh, I started the creep, and then you upped the ante of creep, and right. it got me. You got me. Well, what people don't realize is after we do those little pithy, witty uh, intros that are totally unplanned. You I mean, know, they're, they're unplanned. Cringy. Cringy. They're unplanned to the point of we don't even know who's going to start. That's no. what, but then afterwards, while you hear the music, while that glorious song goes on, we're, we kind of look at each other and make a decision. Are we going to keep that one? We usually do keep them. So today was definitely like... We uh, almost never don't keep them, which is remarkable because right. of how bad they are. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll let our public tell us that. So you'll list, you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily Jazz Advice coming at you. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Oxford American. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Its award-winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. Recent issues have featured Nina Simone, John Cage, Polonius Monk, John Coltrane. Mm. Visit OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI today. That's OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI. Yeah, and just to say real quick, uh, Oxford American for the serious music fan, for the serious literary fan... Mm fan of literature fan of um travel yep especially u.s travel in the south north carolina south carolina georgia louisiana that kind of thing uh florida florida what you know about florida my home state where you at um but uh great folks and uh, so glad to be associated with them today we are giving people creepy secret advice <laughs> that's right seven secret ways to practice scales they're not gonna be a secret anymore click Clickbaity, cringy, secret. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Well, you know, we started this whole you'll hear it adventure. It was it was you know, we we do kind of make fun of the clickbait, but our whole concept was that we're gonna do clickbait, but we're gonna actually give them what we're saying. Yeah, we're trying I don't to think be, we've ever not done that. We're trying to be a little tongue in cheek with the clickbait. Titles. A little? I mean <laughs> By its very nature, it's entirely. We should try to go more over the top, though, so that it's more obvious that we are. Well, we, you know what we used? I feel like we used to do. I don't know if we did, but we talked about doing like seven secret ways to practice scales. And number five is going to blow push. your mind. <laughs> number three is going to break your wrist. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so we never do that where it's inaccurate. Because, I mean, the reason we don't add the other pockets is to be like, number three is going to really help your development. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is going to get you a, a gig at the Wiki Wiki Room at the Ramada Inn by the airport. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, don't sleep at the don't sleep at the Ramada Inn. <laughs> That's good. Well, okay. we got a we got a couple of emails about you know, and I get I get asked all the time from some of our Open Studio members like, yep. how do I practice scales? We actually have a part of a, a, one of our courses, Ele- the Elements of Jazz Piano, which is our very fine intermediate course, yes. jazz piano course. right down the middle. We have something called Creative Scale Practice, where we do a lot of these things we're talking about. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, practicing scales is something that can seem tedious, but there are several different ways to do it that it's not just this, like, up and down, linear motion, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so hopefully today we can shed some light on some of those. And I know we've covered some of these before, but we haven't done it all all seven. So right. hopefully we can. And I would just want to say, too, like if you uh, if we think about a mindset of creativity and, and openness and adventure um, as we go through all these, I think it will help folks because practicing scales is something that 
I think you're going to want to do for the rest of your life as a pianist. There's a lot of value to it, even totally. after you master, feel like you've mastered the scales, which I do think is important. Um, but it does become tedious and it doesn't need to be. You no. know, like I realized something this morning, I was at, you know, the weather's been a little bit funky here. So I've been doing some indoor at the gym kind of running and I was on the treadmill and I was was doing some like, you know, interval miles after the first mile. I was like, oh man, I just, I can't do another mile. And I felt just exhausted and I look over there and there's like this indoor track that's kind of short. I never really use it. I said, let me just change things up. Yeah. So yeah. And I, as soon as I got on that, I felt so much better. So One I thought those, I was- like eighth mile, 10th yeah, mile. Yeah, it's like 7.5 laps equals a mile, yeah, you good. know. And you think it's going to be a drag, but it was just different. So so sometimes just a mindset of like, let me try something different. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, because you, you think that you're exhausted at doing something. And the same thing with scale prey. I'm too t I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Look at it a different way. Try it a different way. That's right. Um, and there's always, there's these ways and then there's others. So. so number one, I love what you put for number one, which is to practice scales slowly. Yes. So often we're trying to push the boundaries of what we can do, you know, for speed yeah. that we tend to neglect what might be even more important, yeah. which is getting a good sound. Yes. And to do that, you have to practice slowly. Have to practice slowly. And then there can be some challenges too when you practice slowly that are unexpected, uh, especially on scales that you you know feel like you've mastered. Uh, what I'll find I'll do is when I go through, and I actually do a lot of my scale practice when I do it slowly, almost mm. all of it at this point is just like, that's the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. And then you know working in some of these things we'll talk about later, when you're playing slowly, you can really concentrate on um, articulation and sound and evenness because you're playing slowly, but you're not playing out of time. Right. And that's the important part. Sound, yeah. articulation, evenness. That's something that gets neglected if you're just trying to push the metronome yeah. up and up and up. And you can't sometimes you don't notice it as much when you're playing faster. So this is a time to really be critical and evaluate. And a lot of people avoid this because it's it's difficult actually. It's very hard. And, and it's exposing. You know, it can kind of expose you for the fraud that you are. And maybe you think like, Oh, I'm not I'm not making gains. But no, you are. You're exactly. making more gains than you think you are. Especially if you're concentrating on getting things nice and even yeah. with the arc articulation that you hear. You know, so it's like literally from your brain to your, your hands to the instrument is is uh, uninterrupted and is exactly the sound you want to try to get. You know, that's the important thing, the control. Are you saying you'll hear it? Uh, yeah. what you're saying? Okay. If you practice slowly, you'll, you'll hear, hear it. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what we, do got, we, got we got six more, though. What do, we got for <laughs> what do we got for number two? Number two. Um, well, this one's yours, but I'm going to pick up on it. Thirds. Yeah. Okay. So I love practicing in thirds. This is. This is really a way, uh, thirds or tenths? What, 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 what do you think? Both. Yeah, I probably do have always done more tenths than thirds, but yeah, thirds can be really good too. Uh, but the idea is that you are maybe automating and challenging yourself, but automating some of the fingering. Uh, at first, kind of seeing if you really know it as, as well as you think that you know it. Sometimes when we only practice, you know, sort of parallel, um, same motion, then we think, okay, I know all these fingerings really well. And I have those automated. But then when you change up something and right. they're coming out of order in terms of hands together, right. and obviously if you're practicing thirds or tens, this is hands together practice, then you realize, you know, your fingerings are getting off and stuff. And so it's a way to really challenge yourself. And you can move it up to other intervals too uh, as well. It can really be any interval. You can practice in seven, six, and all these, especially like diminished scales work well yeah. to go to some funny intervals. Yeah. But it's just a way to challenge yourself to make sure you're going automatically to the correct fingering. That's right. And, you know, it, it helps address some situations. Like, so if you practice on, a, on the piano, if you practice in octaves or two octaves apart, yeah. that has useful applications, right? If you yeah. want to solo with two hands, very useful. But then if you go to do thirds and you haven't practiced scales at all in thirds, there's a huge disconnect. Yes. And you have to be exposed, as you were saying, like one of your hands has to be on autopilot. 
that you can't yeah. be thinking about both simultaneously no. at the same time. It's just impossible. So getting a good practice routine with scales and thirds. And like you said, uh, sixth is later down yeah. for me, which now we could just skip right over that. Oh, good. I'm bored. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, and you know what? We were accused uh, in a comment recently of being a piano-centric podcast. Two comments. Point taken. Two comments. Yeah. So two we're out just, of We're just stepping into that now. <laughs> so, but we'll just say, okay, obviously practicing slow. This, the, the, I think all these actually apply to everybody, all instruments. You might think, okay, how can I practice in thirds? Broken thirds. Broken exactly. Thirds, broken sixths, broken fifths. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not just for pianists and hands alone. Obviously, you know, for if you're a horn player, singer, you're doing one note at a time, but there's ways to apply all these things. And again, it's the, it's about changing up, you know, your mindset to challenge yourself in some different ways. And I mean, fingering is different for, but it does apply to, to many instruments. Mm. It doesn't apply to vocalists. It applies to a trumpet player, you know, when you work on different fingerings and stuff, mm. saxophone and those kind of things. Uh, so number three, we have articulation. Very, very important thing to practice in your scale practice, even if that's the only thing you're focusing on. Man, I love art. I was at the art museum the other day. Articula uh, is that the same thing? No. So a, okay, a sorry. pun machine over there yeah. today, aren't you? It's Friday, man. It's hump day. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> We're humping right into the weekend now. <laughs> it's <laughs> that bridge at, between the week to the... <laughs> uh, you, everybody heard that? Everybody heard that. Uh, no, so articulation... Practice the duration of your notes, not just super legato and super staccato, but everything in between. If you're practicing slow, you have a, a variety of da, 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 you know, these yeah. breaks that can happen. Practice doing that. Yeah. I, uh, one of the best advice, uh, uh, pieces of advice I got from a piano teacher, uh, I think it was at the new school, I forget who said it, but was uh, when you. The, the back end of the of the note is as important, if not more important, than the attack. Mm. When you release the key, yeah. it's as important. So yep. practice releasing. Don't yep. just let your finger, you know, attack at the right rate, and then you're just willy-nilly lifting your hand everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. So, and that's another thing along with evenness that, that we were talking about, rhythmic... Uh, evenness but also evenness within the articulation and then this is definitely an area we can get creative in terms of staccato legato spaccato marcato spiccato. How, how about a little diminished scale marcato practice <laughs> that'll send you to wikipedia pretty damn quickly number four is six and we covered that so moving That's on right, right and so i'd just say too that like like we were talking about diminished are really good for the different intervals six you can do any great, interval yeah. six minor six um, major six yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so good. Uh, number five is contrary motion. This really is applicable to piano only, and it's really, yeah. really cool, very helpful. Maybe vibraphone. Yeah, yeah but that would be, that'd be really, anyway. Yeah. But you know what's cool about practicing contrary motion? Synthesizer. You could practice, I'm just going to barrel through and just ignore <laughs> you. Uh, you could practice starting on the same note, like if you do like a C major scale up and down two octaves, contrary motion, you could start Celeste, on a C. Celesta. Or you could uh, start on like a C and E. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Organ. Then, you could do a six and start. And do contrary Catholic motion. organ. Okay. <laughs> I'm just naming other things that it does apply to. You said it was only pianists. Harpsichord. Clavichord. Number six. <laughs> what? Um, Xylop uh, we said that. Glockenspiel. Yeah. Glockenspiel. TGIF, <laughs> That's right. TGIF. Okay, number six. Uh, Overchanges. Scale running. This is what I was thinking. Yes, I love this. Right? This I always forget about. And I never did this a lot. You've talked about this a lot. And so this is what I'm going to work into my routine because I always... It just has never been a part of my routine, but I mean, it, it it probably opens up more possibilities than any of these that we're talking about, right? And if you take like a modal tune, like one finger snap, and you set a set a metronome, and you run 
scales uh, over the changes, yep. changing when the changes change, yeah. and then changing direction, improvising when you change direction. Yep. It's going to be eye-opening about like being able to hit those transitions. It's going to really help on your improvising you know, when you're trying to get long, elegant phrases, mm -hmm. um, being able to link those, those scales together. And what would be cool is like you start going up in one direction over the chord and then snap your fingers, come down, one finger... Snap. Okay. It's a pun so, machine, yeah, yeah. folks. No, but I think too these the, and the next level with this, I'm seeing incorporating that along with some of these other things like broken thirds and stuff like that. Like, totally. You know. Yeah, yeah. Two hands. Don't sleep on the two hands even over a tune. That's something that Jeff Keyser probably. probably oh yes, does, for sure. Know? I mean, uh, broken um, seventh chords. You yeah. know. And slowly on a ballad, you can oh. run run one through some scales, and that's really you know putting putting it in a place that like this is the kind of thing you'd want to uh, practice a way to practice scales when you're really like oh i'm exhausted with scales i really yeah. don't want to do because it, it places it more in music than any of the other ones pick one of your favorite uh tunes and and run the changes not stopping just yep. just playing over switching the scale when appropriate yep so what that's what i'll do it on that's boring oh, that would be boring <laughs> uh what do you got for number seven number seven practice in your sleep okay good night everybody <laughs> that's the secret way okay now uh, you might ask, what are you talking about? Perhaps ask me that. Uh, hey, Pete. Hey. What are you talking about? Okay, so I'm glad you asked. Thank you, Adam. Um, so what I mean is like, it, this is actually a little bit inaccurate to say in your sleep that you're going to practice it, but you want to learn these scales on your instrument, all the applicable scales, um, so that if somebody comes, if Adam, scary Adam, Big Adam, before Adam lost his weight and with with the beard and everything, came and broke in your house this is great. and Thank woke you. you up and was like, see the minute scale, contrary motion right now, and like shoved a keyboard into your hands, then you'd be able to do it. You know, when you had a gun to your head, even. Can, okay, you, it, can we tone it down a sorry, bit? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I got excited there. But what I mean is you can wake up and that you know these things automatically because that's how we need to know scales. You got to be able to play them in your sleep. That's true. Okay. That is true. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, Not the, part the scenario <laughs> was terrifying. <laughs> well, that's what it's supposed to be. But I mean, under pressure, like you know them so well. That's so true. all these other ways of practicing them know that the goal is that you can play them in your sleep. Yeah. And for for that, too, I think an important thing is is get the right fingering on these scales. You know, yeah. check out the McFerrin Ooh. manual for fingering. I like dogmatic, Adam. No, I'm serious. I, I know. I know. Because if you're if, you're if your fingering isn't correct on like some of the especially the, f the flat scales or whatever, it's going to get sticky. Right. You know right. What I'm saying? All right. Well, there you go. Seven secret ways to practice scales. We hope you enjoy this. Let us know if you have any other ones. We'd love to hear them. Um, happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Hump day. Thanks to all our You'll Hear It listeners. We love you guys. We do love you. And we have uh, two uh, reviews I wanted to, re to read. And one is one is came via text message. I didn't know if you know that we can receive text messages. Via text message? Yeah. The first one, though, is, was, is on the uh, Apple podcast. And this is Fabulous Daily Piano Advice is the title. Five stars. This podcast is first rate and deserves seven stars. Both hosts have a passion. Oh, did I read this one already? Both hosts have a passion for the piano and jazz. Yes. Great topics. Okay, sorry. I mean, now <laughs> you're literally repeating <laughs> reviews, buddy. Okay, here's a... Oh, yeah, and I did the one about it not being much of an investment of time. Sorry. Amazing. These are some really great. Let me see if I can find... I love how prepared we are for this show. <laughs> okay, well, let me read the text message one. Okay. And this is from... It's like a personal text message? Yeah, and this is kind of from kind of a famous jazz musician. Can I mention her name? Please do. Okay. This is text message. Enjoying your podcast. My favorite part is the first 10 seconds. Smiley face, winking emoji. Oh, because she likes your tune. Yeah, Okay. No, no, I think she likes the back and forth thing. Ah. Okay, the rest is awesome, too. That is from the great Anat Cohen. Man. 
listener of the podcast. That makes me so happy because I just am such a huge fan. I'm such a huge fan of her music and of her. Yeah, she's great. She's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. We had her on the other podcast. We'll have to get her on. uh, We had her on the process. Yeah, that's that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. And now defunct. She was just here in St. Louis. We didn't have her. I know. We uh, we slept on that. That was a big whiff from us. Well, thank you, Nut. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to the Oxford American. That's right. This is our third week of sponsorship, I believe. Is that correct? They're great, man. Yeah. Make sure to at least least go check out the website. It's incredible writing about uh, Southern culture, and there's a lot of music, especially Southern music, and it's so applicable to what we're doing here and the music you probably play. But it's not like the Allman Brothers. Nothing wrong with the Allman Brothers. There's some of that stuff. There's some of it. I mean, when you say Southern music, sometimes people immediately think of that. It's more roots music. more more music that that has supplied American music for the last hundred years. Not air supply but some of that some of that really (laughs) no not really it's diverse diverse. Uh, for a limited time you'll hear listeners can subscribe to the Oxford American for only $25 visit OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI to subscribe today that's right yeah well until tomorrow well till Monday oh you'll hear it